is waiting on fries that you don't get it you don't what do you mean you don't get waiting on fries hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries but all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed and then you're it's like ready to go i forgot to fire the fries i just always use that when i forgot to put somebody's order in and i was like hey i'm just waiting on the fries it's gonna be two more minutes realistically i come back 10 minutes with the food exactly <laughs> So Labor Day weekend's coming up. We're like three, four weeks out now, right? Three, four weeks out. It's almost over. Summer is almost over. Summer is basically over. Yesterday was the last day that it was the sun went down at, in the eight o'clock hour. Seriously? Yep. I've been paying attention to that loosely for weeks, just noticing it's darker yep. and darker every time I go out. Sunset was officially eight o'clock last night, and that was the last day. Tonight is seven fifty-five. Ugh. So <laughs> until until May of two thousand twenty-two, days no are more. just getting shorter. That's it. That's really depressing. Yep. Sorry. Sorry to start out that way. Well, we can make up for it if you go to NewYorkPrimeBeef.com and use promo code waiting on fries or fries15. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> promo code fries15. For podcast waiting on fries, you get yourself 15% off your total order. And if your order is $200 or more, you get free shipping. And it comes like super quick next day. On dry ice, courtesy of FedEx, correct? Yep. Comes in FedEx. Nice, clean packaging. I just got a 32-ounce dry-aged cowboy ribeye. Beautiful. Recently from them? Yeah. Solid. Very nice. Cooked perfectly. So that's NewYorkPrimeBeef.com, promo code FRIES15. So what's going on? Well, I mean, you know, we're getting ready to open this restaurant. I'm, the biggest thing on my mind right now is getting staff in there. And once we have staff in there, how do we keep those staff? <laughs> you, know? you don't want to waste all the time hiring people and then just have them it's hard be enough, so unhappy. It's hard enough to get them. Now we got to keep them. Exactly. It's part of the problem. Like Staff retention is a thing. It definitely is. I mean, we've always had the fly-by-night ghost staffers in this industry that would just, like, disappear. Yeah, yeah. But you need to but be able to... But there were so many of them that it didn't matter before, but now it matters. Now it definitely matters. You need to be able to have enough people to staff your establishment properly, like, every day. Not just one day, but the next day, too. Right, right. It's like uh, in baseball, you're only as good as your next day's pitcher. Okay. It's like you're only as good as your next day's prep guy. Yeah. <laughs> Does that work? Provided he shows up. Friday he shows up. Yeah. And you know what sucks about if the prep guy doesn't show up, you don't know until like four hours after because they're usually like way ahead of everybody. Yeah. At least with us. Yeah. So if your prep guy gets in at six and he doesn't get in at six, you won't know until what? Like ten. eight o'clock? Oh, 10 o'clock? Yeah. Well, actually, no, eight o'clock. Your dishwasher won't be able to get in, so he'll probably start making some phone That's calls. True. That's true. <laughs> But either way, then you're two hours behind on your day and probably going to be three or four hours because somebody's got to wake up, get themselves over to the store, and start moving. That's true. Luckily, our prep team is solid, and we don't have that issue. No, not at all. But <laughs> we did have the issue with a couple of new employees. Oh, yeah? How'd that okay. go? Well, we finally found someone that we thought that was good, and then they trained for like three or four shifts and then didn't. Just disappeared. Just disappeared. Do you think there were any like indicators that maybe they weren't happy? You know, there, there had to be, but it's hard to pick up on them. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the question is how, how do you know? I think it's probably a little bit easier in the kitchen just for the fact that, you know, your average shift is, what, 8 to 10 hours a day. And in the kitchen, you got a small space and people standing right next to each other. So you're able to pick up on little mood shifts and mood cues to say that maybe this person really isn't enjoying it. So, like, what would be some cues that you would, if it was you and you were trailing, <laughs> would you give off, like, a heads up by your attitude before you just dipped? I mean, maybe unconsciously. Would, I think you, I, would you actually just dip without saying anything? 
not before the end of the shift. So, I mean, like, if it was a trail and I knew that I wasn't enjoying it. No, I mean, if you were supposed to come back the next day, would you just not come? Or no, would you just no. tell them, like, I'm not interested? I would just say I'm not interested. Or, I mean, maybe not in person, maybe, like, through a phone call or a text message. But I don't want to have that reputation in this industry. It's far too oh, small like, and disappear. people talk. Yeah. You never know when you run into that guy again. You don't ever know who you're going to run into and when you're going to run into him. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you don't want to leave a bad taste in anybody. But you no. think you would give off, like, bodily... I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I really hope not. Like, but there, uh, there's been like other, a tell, you know. Yeah, there's been days where I was in the kitchen just working, and people come up and be like, "Yo, you're right. You look kind of angry." So I mean, it's definitely possible that people will pick up on that sort of thing, especially if they've known you. If you're there for a trail and it's your first day, maybe they won't notice that sort of thing. But I think like, so in my experience, uh, somebody who's coming to trail in the kitchen, usually you give them some basic tasks to work their way through, and usually you give them these tasks with the thought in mind that. They can accomplish X, Y, and Z in a specific time period, and their final product should look as such, you know? If you find them not progressing through these tasks in a timely manner, or you find that their final product just looks like ass, chances are they don't really care about what they're doing, and they don't care to be there to do it, you know? So it's a little bit, I think there's more So like, you're saying maybe you make a comment that forces them the way out. No, no, but you can see it in their work. Like, yo, your product looks like ass. Yeah, I mean. Then, then they take offense. Depending then, on the type of establishment. show up. I mean, yeah, depending on the type of establishment, that could be it. But you could also just see it, you know? Like, I think there's more physical work to be done in the back of the house that shows your level of care and the level of effort that you put into it. What do you think is the overall factor that makes a person decide that they're just going to ghost the position and not say anything? You think they're just, like, scared to have the conversation? Yeah, I think it could be a little intimidating to be like, yo, I don't want to work here. Yo, I don't like these people, or this isn't my style of cooking. But I think there's multiple things. I think it'll, it could be maybe they don't jive with the way you do things in your restaurant or your kitchen. Maybe they just don't jive with the people specifically, you know? And it could be kind of hard to say. Oh, the drama. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to bring drama on yourself. You know? <laughs> I always wonder that if it happens in the front house, you know, because so many, like, ser like servers and bartenders or whatever, they, like, know each other, right, from different. Yep. So, I mean, I guess in the kitchen It's the same thing too, with the kitchen. But it's not as... It, there's not as much drama back there. No, thankfully. <laughs> right? Thankfully. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of like strong personalities in the back, but we're focused on work. Right, there's right. a lot of strong personalities in the front, and it's easy to get distracted it's so from work. Get, so I always wonder if like, you got a new person loving the day. Oh, this is great. I'm having so much fun. Blah, 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 I like this. I like that. And then all of a sudden, like a server comes in. You're like, oh, oh they work here? Yeah, I've definitely seen that happen. <laughs> like I've seen that exact thing happen a whole Do bunch of work? times. Oh, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to work. Yeah, anymore. this isn't going to work. This isn't no, going to work. I can't work. I can't work in the same five-mile radius as that person. Yeah, and unfortunately in the kitchen, because the kitchen's so small, like that could be a major deciding factor in whether or not you stay somewhere. I've actually had someone send me an Instagram message saying, literally, this person works there. I can't work there. Yeah. Like, oh, never mind. I don't want like, whatever. And I'm like, wow. And not only did you just, like, just make it up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't actually, like, that's so childish. Because now you're going to remember that person in that comment forever. Yeah, like, right? Like, yep. but even if that is the reason, wouldn't you just be like, you wouldn't want anybody to like, listen, that. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's the right fit for me. You yeah. know, whatever. I'm going to look for a different opportunity. Thank you so much. You really have to throw the other person under the bus and make, you know, like, that makes you look childish. Immature. Yeah, exactly. Especially if the other per like, if, if the they, other person is like one of your star employees. Or, or if they both, like, okay, like, so let's say that they had, beef right yeah they obviously both know that they have beef with each other right obviously so if they s saw each other one one person is training and one person called it out and the other person just like went along with their life right? it shows it stronger character in person B. yeah that's yeah. what i mean so now that you just made your enemy look even better because they didn't like 
flip out that you're... Yeah, but so, I mean, all that being said, I think if that was a situation that you yourself encountered, it's probably a safe bet that you didn't want that person anyway. No, and luckily, we, did, we didn't hire that person. They just, <laughs> we didn't even offer that person a job. They, they just, just like, saw fit to see themselves out the door. They, so they've been... Like sliding in the DMs trying to get a job and then <laughs> saw that that person worked them. Like, never mind, I don't want it. That person works. I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. We didn't offer Just you the job. Talked yourself out so, of a job. <laughs> it's like, anyways. But so, what would you do in your front of house situation to make sure that your people are happy and your people are enjoying their jobs? How do you check up on them? The, the trainers, you mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, the way I check on them is generally through the shift. You know, I'll probably stop it maybe two times during the shift. And, mm ask them how they're doing, if they have any questions outside of what they're learning or if anything's confusing to them or what are you looking for in terms of like body language outside of those very blatant answers to those questions? Um, Like how do you, what do you look for to see if somebody's a good fit for your spot? uh, Definitely. If they look like they have, for lack of a better term, pep, pep in their step when they're going around. Yeah. Right. Cause your first day you're kind of learning, you're either like enjoying it and you're going to look peppy and ready to go and like smiley or whatever if you don't have those as a, especially as a server if none of those things are happening while you're running around there's but what if they're just something. like nervous and a little bit intimidated because you know it's a big operation and you guys have been doing it for a long time now and you kind of got a flow well that's the, you can tell nervousness versus like boredom or sleepiness okay that's yeah like i guess that's true thing. and then you know the other thing that i always wonder is we generally start people off on a slower shift right with the trainer mm-hmm. right one that we know is going to be slower and i always wonder I mean, it's not like this happens all the time. It's maybe happened two, maybe three times in the 14-year history of, of Smogouse <laughs> yeah. that someone who's training just, like, didn't show up after training. Yeah. So it's not like it happens all the time. But I was wondering if that first slow shift, they're like, oh, this, this place not, doesn't get busy. It's not busy, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then they decide you know, that, that it's be, not for them at that point. Right. And then the other way that the other thing that could be happening is if you don't have the right person training. And they, yeah. you know, and they talk, uh, they have too much, too much talking outside of like the actual training yeah. or they start talking about their life outside of work, their know. life outside of work. Or even if there is guests, like everybody knows you have guests that bother you or that are annoying and they're like, yeah. oh, they're them again, you know, whatever. And if we've all been there for a couple, a couple of months, there's a little bit of more comfort level where you can say. You can make a comment like, oh, it sucks. Oh, I hate making this or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Obviously not on the floor or, you know, in, in view. But like when the first person, if you, if the first person that the trainer is in, is with has like a whole bunch com- of negative shit to yeah, say like about complaints anything. Or ne- well, yeah. I mean, you shouldn't. Oh, who's training your people? Don't, <laughs> that that don't, was going to be my next question. Yeah. How do you make sure that doesn't happen? Right. Do you have a specific trainer who knows the menu? You, and then- Yeah. You, I mean, you, I think you should as a restaurant, like yeah. identify a certain person and say this person's going to train that way you know at least the same core values are core, being instilled yeah. and also the, the like operation is the same because a lot of times it'll differ from person to person sure. you want everybody to, has a little shortcuts. you want someone who has the operations down the way it's supposed to be and that person should be the person training so it's like muscle memory into the new person but yeah. you got to make sure that that person doesn't have bad habits or bad characteristics that yeah. might turn off someone who was excited to come in and was like oh that's got to suck. That's got to be probably the worst way to lose an employee. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because like, then you essentially know that you, or maybe you don't know, but you essentially have a problem employee at that you point. You may not even know that someone was on their way out. Maybe that, that trainer has been just been there so long and been doing this that they're like burnt out, burnt out and on, on their way out. Yeah. And then that's getting into your new trainer. And, you know, it's just a bad way to start. Yeah. 
So that could be it. I don't know. So then you got to identify one of the strongest members on your front of house team, and that's going to be your lead trainer. 100%. Along with rehiring employees and building a team, you also have to build a menu when you're working in a new restaurant. You guys probably don't really have to do that since you're rebuilding an existing concept across the street from where it already, already existed. Right. I mean, we have our core menu already. So. Yeah. I saw you guys have that up on the wall there, so that's going to be one of your ways to display the menu. Those yeah. things. Are I mean, change? pretty much that's it anyway. That's just missing like salads and sides and like random seasonal stuff. So this is highly specific, but what are you going to do when you change back to the old ribs? Are you just going to get a new banner for that one? Uh, we would just change that okay. if we change back to the old ribs. You don't think you will? We're not sure that that's going to be a thing. Kind of really, we really like these. Yeah? Yeah, we really like these. Man, I but, haven't had a good rack of St. Louis ribs in a long time. And I'm but we did decide whenever we, if we do change back to St. Louis or we stay with these ones, full racks only. Full racks only. That's, I like it. That's a change. No yeah. half slaps. Both because you should just get full racks. Yeah. And it just two, speeds up things in the kitchen. Yeah, it speeds ribs it up. Ribs are ribs. It's just ready to go. We prepped it. It's, it's how many racks count is good all the yeah. time. No full more racks like only. 20 and a half racks. Yeah, slap. no, no. Full racks only. Someone comes in with half slab? No, we only sell full slabs. That's it. Get and you don't have to cut them. You know, yeah. full slab. Boom. I like it. And then it looks like the plate looks better too. Yeah. Full slab plate looks way better. And we got t-shirts made to say full racks only. <laughs> Actually, they're tank tops. I got oh, so like, I can't have one? I got like gym, no, like gym shirts. Like oh. the... Like also, <laughs> I like yeah, that. I like like that. gym gym tanks. Where can where can the people go to buy those? That's a, good, that's a perfect gym shirt. Full yeah, racks is. only. Full racks only. Uh, we'll yep. sell them here or online or whatever. But well, we're getting off the topic. Well, I was I was <laughs> saying that so, so so we can give the people a link to go to we, buy the. Yeah, we'll go to our we'll go yeah, go to our website. Right. That's htailgate.com. Full racks only. But anyway, so in talking about building out a menu, it can be kind of difficult as long as or it can be difficult if the people involved in building the menu aren't on the same page. So if perhaps you're back house has certain expectations and an intention or direction for the menu to go in and then front of house or management doesn't see it that way things can get to be a little bit uh conflicted i'd say yeah 100 percent. you definitely need to have a clear concept of where you're going with the menu oh 100 and, and it, it doesn't necessarily need to mean you have to have a certain style of menu but like or a certain uh genre yeah but you have to you have to all have the same intent yeah exactly <laughs> you should all know like hey are we doing Anything we want, or are we staying within you know, a lane? Specific? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely it's definitely a struggle to make sure everybody's on the same page. But even more so than building out the menu and deciding what lane you're going to go down to, I think also important is how do you define or create that experience that you want your restaurant to have? So, like we were talking before about QR codes versus like old school paper menus where you can like highlight certain things in certain areas in certain ways, versus now everybody's got these QR codes, so you kind of know what you're getting into ahead of time maybe yeah yeah well well in terms we, of the experience you, you can't talk about design the menu for that way or the actual the whole thing well i guess it goes hand in hand right yeah, yeah so yeah. you got to design the menu that matches the experience yeah so if you want like a default restaurant experience which is kind of what our concept is you know what i mean when i say that no i was about to ask you to elaborate okay so you really want to get into it? We, I listened to a podcast. I read something uh, talking about uh, Cameron Mitchell, who who owns uh, or is part of a restaurant concept called the Rusty Bucket. He also owns Ocean Prime and like okay. whatever, like you know, that's his high end one. Yeah. But then he's part of a, a restaurant group, a restaurant called the Rusty Bucket, and he specifically described the Rusty Bucket as the default restaurant in the community, meaning that when people say, "You want to get something to eat? Yeah, where do you want to go? Ah, let's just go to the bucket." 
like that, right? It's the yeah. default choice. I feel like the old smokehouse was that choice for new room. So that's that's the way we build out smokehouses. We yeah. want to be the default choice. We gotcha. want everybody that lives in the area to just be like, that's we can just go to smokehouse. Yeah. It's comfortable. You you know it. It's you don't have to get like dressed or whatever. It's a uh, reasonably priced. So you know you go out whatever. So that's how you define the default restaurant experience. But how do you create that experience for well, somebody? That all comes from the way you present the store, the way they walk in the door, the way you put down the menu, and then like what's on the menu, right? Okay. So if you're like, if you're the default restaurant, you can't really have, you know, predominantly like A5 <laughs> Wagyu steaks out there. Probably right? not. Because you're not going to do that like three times a week. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you'd love to do that three times a week, yeah. but feasibly that doesn't make sense. I don't think this neighborhood's going to do that three times a week. You probably find some neighborhoods on like the Upper West Side that would be comfortable doing that three times a week. So you have to design the menu, right? Like You have to know your market. You know your menu. Okay, this menu is going to fit that or whatever. Yeah. And then it's really important that if you're like, I have an issue whenever we go out, we'll go to a new place. Oh, I like this place. I like the feel of it. And then I want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I can go to a place that's not a barbecue restaurant, not the default restaurant, but it does like tacos, for instance, or yeah. something totally different. I'm like, but oh, it does this... it really awesomely. Yeah, and it's like, and I go, this is a cool restaurant. I like the vibe. I like the place. Like, this is what I, I want to do this at my store. Yeah. And then I come back, and you have to like control yourself and say, like, <laughs> this is not what we are, right? Yeah. Like, you want to do this? Open another concept. You yep. do that. You can do that on the side. Or you can do a little bit of this on Saturdays when we run a special or something like that. Right, because if the guest comes in and you have a confused concept, that throws the whole thing. Yeah. And I think we've definitely struggled with that at times in the past. I mean, opening up a Marinick, there was definitely a few moments where we were a little bit confused about who we were and what we were trying that's, to do. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. But to go back into what you mentioned, the QR code, right? Mm. There's an interesting conversation because I don't know how much we've thought about it yet as an industry or whatever, but we started talking about it the other night. And a lot of restaurants move to the QR code during COVID just because of the, oh, I said the COVID. I really wanted to do, <laughs> I wanted to do the whole episode without saying it. Almost, almost. Oh, damn. Anyway, so a lot of them did that because of that. No touch, you know, less touch points, et cetera. Right. And a lot of places stay doing that because there's a lot of pros to it. Like you can it's make very a change. Convenient. Yeah, you can make a change to the menu on the fly. Yep. You know, middle of service if you wanted to. Oh, that's kind of hectic, but... You know, you between lunch and dinner, very easily. You know, you just update a thing on website. You save on printing costs. How many times have you seen Minimum Press this year? Much less. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing a lot of stuff for the new store, so oh. like that, and takeout menus. But like, we spent ten thousand dollars yeah. last year printing menus. Yeah. If I can spend two thousand, that's eight grand right into the, you know, into Anything the else. into the into the bottom line, right? Yeah. Because that's just a clear cost right off the thing. But then you start getting into. Um, the experience of it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we were talking about. So a guest comes down, instead of getting handed a nice clean menu that's well presented, etc., you have to go out, you got to scan the QR code, and then you have one on your phone. So it takes away a little bit from the f- full full experience. You don't have something hard or physical. I mean, you have your phone in your hand, but that's yours already. Right. right? You don't have like a tangible something in front of you to give it. Right. And then it's harder to highlight certain things on that menu, right? Yeah. If you want something to pop out, you could put a box around it. Yeah, but it I mean, that box your is eyes. being shrunk down to fit into like Correct. a five or six inch screen compared to an old menu, which is, you know, at least eight right. by 12. And you would generally design a menu to guide your eyes to certain quadrants, right? So you're yep. looking at a whole page and you know, like your eyes go to the top left first and then 
so on and so forth. Right. But on the phone, you're just going to scroll. It's only one way to go. So your <laughs> eyes don't, you don't have that like guidance or whatever on the menu. You know, that is, that is a good point, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but there are online menus that are now being developed with that thought in mind. Um, I forget what restaurant it was, but it was some taco place in Westchester, and I was scrolling through their menu online, and it was a really long menu, but the way they had it, each section would be a new screen as you scroll up, so one full swipe would bring you to the next section of the menu. And it was super colorful, and it was laid out in a way that you just started at the top and went to the bottom, obviously, but it was it, it just made sense and it was comfortable to do it on your phone. But that was the first and only one that I've seen right. that's been like expressly designed to be viewed properly on a phone. All right. Well, ours is now. Yeah. So if you go to ours, it's properly on your phone. Yeah. But the way that it scrolls is obviously different. Of Based like, on what kind of phone you have. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only going one way. You can't like bring your eyes a different way. It's, you know, that's the way it is. But then you got down to it. When we really got down to it, we started thinking about it. How many people go out now and look at your menu online before they come to the store? So you, I'd say a good amount of people are going to check. It's like 90 to 95 percent of people probably look at the Instagram of a restaurant before they go. Yeah, Instagram so or at least the menu, the online menu. Yeah, right. You might not decide what you want to get before, but you take a glance and you know what things should look like. Yeah, and you get your price budget. You kind of know what you're walking into, yeah. what kind of place it is, whatever. How many people though will look at a menu online? And actually decide what they're going to get before they walk in. 100%. I do it. So you do it You All do it time. more often. I did it for the first time like two weeks ago. And it was only because I was late and I was meeting people at the, at the restaurant. Yeah. So they were already ordering. So I just decided and like gave my order ahead of time. Yeah. Right? But then I realized if people start doing this, which I think is only more and more, because how many people come in with Instagram and show you a picture like exactly. I want this yep. on your phone. And... You know, that takes away 30% of the experience. This is most of the experience. You walk in, you get the feel of the restaurant, you look around, you're like, okay, I, I like how it feels. I like how it smells in here. Yeah. You know, like. And you see what other people around you are getting. Yeah, especially like us, your barbecue restaurant. I don't know if you could smell it, right? <laughs> but now it smells it's like. It's starting barbecue. to be seasoned. So yeah, you yeah. might be thinking you're just going to get a burger, and then you walk in and you smell like ribs, and you're like, uh, maybe I'm going to get that. Yeah. That's all part of this. But if you already know, None of that matters, right? Well, it matters. It matters, but, but I mean, you can still be swayed. It into doesn't. Else. It doesn't. For instance, I want to sell ribs. It's a it's a better ticket price, right, than a right. burger, right? So, and they're just better, <laughs> right? But I don't know, man. The tomahawk burger's pretty good. It's the burgers are good, but the, and the ribs are what we do. Our yep. brisket is what we do, but the check average, our check averages are going to be better the more ribs we sell. For sure, as you know. So I want to sell ribs, full racks only, all day long. <laughs> full racks only. If you already know you're going to get a classic burger when you walk in, my, my work is so much harder to get you to order, <laughs> to to order the ribs. And if I can't give you a menu <laughs> and, like, send your eyes to the ribs, like, what, how, what, what happened? But you're already, like, sort of fighting that battle by, number one, seasoning the place with the smell of smoke and ribs. Right. And number two, you have those banners up above the kitchen right. showing you what so you all, can order. All comes down to the overall experience becomes that much more important. Yes. Because you have to do that much more work to get somewhere. And then you fight the Instagram reality where they see your Instagram picture and they show it to you <laughs> and they say, I want this. And maybe, you better, maybe don't fight it. Just lean into it. Have you, a section of your menu no, called but Instagram No, the point page. is you better make sure it looks like that, that. It look, when they say, I want this, that you played it and it comes out to their table and it looks like this. Yeah. That's a big problem. If you set expectations pretty high on your website or Instagram by showing things looking amazing... And that's not what the people get. That creates an instantly unsatisfied customer. Disappointment. Yeah. 
So what do you do? You make your Instagram not as good? No, I think. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could do that. Use an old camera phone. <laughs> really blurry pictures on Instagram. Yeah, but then you won't have any sort of Instagram. No, nah, of course. I think you gotta you gotta just make sure that your product is consistent. Consistency is key. That's something that we've always talked about in the kitchen. If you if you can put out one good burger, that doesn't matter. You gotta be able to put out a hundred good burgers every night. And it has to look the way it's supposed to look. Yeah, that's like part of being a good don't, burger. Don't put out Instagram videos and pictures of sauce like all over the place. <laughs> and that's when, not what the people are going to get. And then they order it and you get like a little bit of sauce. You know, if, it's, if it looks like it's dripping with cheese all over the place, then that's what it is. Price it accordingly. <laughs> if you say, I can't give that much cheese. It's too much money. That, what you're saying right now reminds me of an experience that I had going out somewhere. And I'll, I'll say the place because it was a great experience. It was at um, the Lila Rose. They posted a picture of that burger that has a cheese poured all over it. Yeah. So me and a bunch of people went in, and we had the idea, we're all getting that burger. And so we told them, and then they came out, and they gave us a burger, and it looked exactly like it did on Instagram, and we were all very happy. But it was very easy for them to you know, put the cheese on in the back, not pour it on right, right in front of us. Or, or just give it to it. you. Or just, yeah, exactly. The way they presented it on their Instagram was that it's an experience. You order this burger, the server comes out, she pours this really nice white cheese sauce all over the burger, gets all sloppy, and you got to like, eat it with a fork and knife. And that's what happened. I would say my level of disappointment, because you know us, we don't get to go out that much, <laughs> right? So when we do, it's like I'm going in. Yeah, I probably, I have definitely <laughs> scouted out the place, and 100%. I'm def- and I definitely am going to order everything on the menu anyway. So it doesn't even matter. But I've definitely scouted out the place, and I'm, and it, if it comes out and it's not like it's uh, not like yeah, it's, I am it's so the disappointed. worst thing in the world. It's disheartening. Yeah. Because and obviously the people who brought it they don't know how much they just disappointed right, you. Right. But you were looking forward to this all week long. <laughs> yeah, I've been there too. That's that's not a good place to be. So you just got to make sure that everybody knows the expectations that you're out to set and that you set them with every plate of food or every drink that leaves the bar. Every plate of food that leaves the kitchen or every drink that leaves the bar. All right. Speaking of which, I got to go make sure some plate of foods and plates of food, food to plates. Food that makes plates. sense. Yeah. 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 I gotta work. <laughs> Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button because you know, algorithms. <laughs>